So I feel like we should do what we always do with movies that have songs in the title, like we did for Always Be My Maybe. Always Be My Maybe. Yeah, and we just do this. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. You gotta really let your voice take that. <laughs> yeah, you gotta take that airy it. quality. Yeah, gotta feel it. Well, hello and welcome to Bromancing the Stone. It's the podcast for myself, Renee Sanchez, and my good buddy, Max Lyon. What's up, everyone? Watch rom-coms and then record our thoughts and post them on the internet for the tens and tens of listeners. Listening pleasure. And Max, how are you doing on this chilly uh, December evening? I'm doing my best to power through a bottle of wine. After what yeah. we just watched. <laughs> yes, we just finished watching it. Now we're recording. <laughs> um, yeah, I like the setup we got going now, though, for the for this season. Like that we that we watch it together, and then yeah, yes, it's, it's and, definitely th- throwback to the old days, pre-COVID yes. days. Indeed, and we have some ideas for uh, some some episode little like mini episode ideas for the podcast over the my favorite week of the year which is the week after between christmas and new year's mm-hmm. I, I don't i don't know why what it is about that week i just love that week it's a I good love, week because i it's, love taking like a free-for-all week yeah i love working on the actual holidays and then taking the week after the holidays off like what excites me about Thanksgiving is that you get Friday off usually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'd, I'd much rather have that Friday off and work Thursday during the day, you know, of Thanksgiving. And like with Christmas, it's always like I'd rather have the days after Christmas off. Like that's what excites me. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. I think I always had the same methodology, even like when we were younger, like going out to bars and stuff like Mm-hmm. I'd much rather go out on a Friday night, even though I'd be mostly tired from school or eventually from work. It was like, I'm going to party hard and get it done and out of the way to start the weekend. And then I want the whole weekend to just relax and not have to worry about anything else. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the holidays are about. Like <laughs> you essentially just need a break <laughs> after the holiday. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of holidays and Christmas, we watched last Christmas today. Yeah. Not to be confused with the ghost of Christmas past. I don't know how you would. Um, well, if so, you know the plot of the movie, you might. Like, because, never mind. Because it's a damn ghost. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, spoilers, everyone. I'm just kidding. We're going to spoil I know. I, uh, I thought about yeah. not putting spoiler in there. And I was like, wait. They have to kind of watch the movie before they listen to these episodes anyway, so. Yeah, there's, we're going to spoil this movie for you. 
uh, no, hard. this movie was already fucking spoiled. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> we got to it. It's like a week past the goddamn expiration date. Yes, uh, you made the mistake of watching this twice. Uh, mistake indeed. Um, I just watched it for the first time here tonight. Uh, where, uh, did you know about this movie? Or, I mean, we talked about how we heard about it and kind of knew about it, but at the same time, didn't know about it, and like yeah. that the Google that the Google results were odd, and we didn't know what was what. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna type them in right now and see if any new ones come up that are hilarious. Because yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, okay. So people also, I just type in "Last Christmas" to Google, yes. and I'm sure this is gonna be different for anyone who types this in, of course, but. Yeah, it depends on the Right. But then it comes up and it says, people also ask, does anybody die in Last Christmas? Is Last <laughs> Christmas a sad movie? How yeah. did Last Christmas end? So those like those were the three that tipped me off in the beginning. I was like, what the fuck? What happens in this fucking movie? The answer is nothing. <laughs> so... Uh, let's talk about the stats of this film. So Last Christmas is a 2019 romantic comedy film directed by Paul Feig, who also directed Bridesmaids. And um, he also directed uh, that Melissa McCarthy spy movie. I forget what that one's called. I think it's called Spy. Yeah. And yeah, he's a he's a talented director, especially with uh, films that have female leads. Um and it's written by Bryony, B-R-Y-O-N-Y, Bryony, Bryony, Bryony Kimmings, and Emma Thompson, who co-wrote the story with her husband, Greg Wise. Mm. Uh, it's based on the song of the same name and inspired by the music of George Michael. Uh, the film stars Amelia Clark as a disillusioned Christmas store worker who forms a relationship with a mysterious man, played by Henry Golding, and begins to fall for him. Uh, Emma Thompson and Michelle Yeoh are also star in this film. Uh, and the film is 103 minutes. It was released uh, in November of 2019. Uh, the budget of the film was between 25 to $30 million. We have a box office figure for this one, Max. We do? How much did it make in the box office? Jesus, wait, when did this come out? As I said, literally 30 seconds ago, (laughs) November of 2019. November 2019, and they had a fucking, I guess, yeah, all right, yeah, just before. Uh, I guess, I don't know, fucking 95 million? They made $121.6 million. Jesus. Yes. Although uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, there are 201 reviews. What is the Rotten Tomato score? What is your guess? Oh, God. They probably liked it. It's probably like 40%. 47%. Jesus. So it's a big old mix. Um, there's Clarice Loffrey of the independent who wrote it's a star studded rom-com that plays like an expensive Hallmark film. She gave it three out of five. 
It does kind of have a Hallmark feel to it. While uh, Scott Marks of the San Diego Reader wrote, it's worth a visit to the multiplex to behold cinematographer John Schwartzman, who did Natural Treasure Book of Secrets and the founder, uh, to accept the challenge of illuminating a feature almost entirely by Christmas lights. (laughs) He gave it one out of five. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, This person wrote a much more scathing like like somehow gave it two out of five which is higher than that san diego reader one but it was a much more scathing little blurb here uh last christmas is patronizing illogical and silly (laughs) (laughs) just get right to the point yeah that's charlotte o'sullivan of the london evening standard uh and then ed potton of the uk times i don't know it just says times uh you don't want to spoil it it's silly but satisfying as a plum pudding three out of five I've never had a plum pudding, but that sounds atrocious. Yeah, um, I, the Brits have so. weird fucking food. Okay, and yes. plum pudding, I I don't trust that as a score for a movie. <laughs> um, so for some right. reason, Amelia Clark keeps finding her way. Like this wasn't the only film that, <clears throat> <laughs> which once again, spoilers. Uh, this wasn't the uh, this wasn't the only film of that year, I believe where she was in a Rob Cobb slash Rob Drob that had the male lead die. Really? Um, yes. Uh, yeah, so, so, so spoiler here, it's a fucking ghost. She's dating a ghost, all right? Let's get that out there right now. She's fucking around with a ghost, all right? That's it. That's the movie. <laughs> well... <laughs> we'll discuss this. <laughs> oh no, it's uh oh that one came out a long time ago. Never mind. Not the same year, but uh there's a movie called Me Before You, uh which I watched and I actually enjoyed. Um from 2016. It's a romance slash drama, uh, but it involves uh a guy who's paralyzed from the neck down, I believe. Oh jeez. Uh, oh oh, that does sound familiar actually and she's like the caretaker and then um and then uh like they fall in love and everything else but he doesn't want to live anymore he's tired of right everything and so she's like she tries to get him out of his funk and they do share an experience and everything else like that but they had set like a time limit on it and then by the time the time limit ended, he was still like, yeah, I still want to die. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, he dies. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, that it's was... like, it's like, what the fuck? That was, yeah, what? I watched that. I watched that with one of my exes and she was just like, come on, this will be good. Like, it's got Amelia Clark in it. It can't be that bad. We yeah. watch it. I'm like, this is a bad knockoff of, like, Nicholas Sparks. What is this shit? <laughs> yeah. It's just <laughs> anyway. Jesus. <laughs> so um, she's got a weird fucking fetish for dead people. That or just like any sort of insane UK story that can involve some sort of death. They're just like, uh, what's Amelia Clark up to right now? <laughs> Let's give her a call. <laughs> so uh, yes. Um, Let's jump into the movie. 
I want to I want to jump into what I found most upsetting, which is that Emma Thompson co-wrote this story with her husband and gets a writing credit for the script. And I love Emma Thompson. I think I she's too. extremely talented. I love whenever she's in a movie. Um, I think she's a fantastic actress uh, and everything in between. But she wrote this story. She included a Brexit storyline, which is very relevant. And she is on what I think is the side of, you know, justice and, you know, common sense there as far as, right. you know, what no immigrants shouldn't leave everything like that yeah i definitely dug the subtle like you know social tie-ins that was cool and it was but she gave herself an eastern european accent yeah is that like is this racist like (laughs) i'm uncomfortable the whole time yes I agree. The whole time, I'm just like, hey, guys, is this kind of racist? Kind of racist, right? Like, Especially when she was like yeah. singing and shit. Like, I was just like, oh, God, please <laughs> make this stop. Because, yeah, like, you know, because there's a lot of jokes based on like the accent and how she sounds and things like that. And it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, I, I'm. It would be like someone writing a very poignant thing about the Black Lives Matter movement in the United States and then performing it in blackface. It's just like, yeah, no, yeah, that's not that's not what what you should have been done. Um, so yeah, like that's I mean, immediately <laughs> that's immediately like the first thing that comes. I just I want to get that out of the way. I want to put that on wax. No, I, I I'm glad you brought that up because that was that was something that made me uncomfortable both times watching it now because I'm like like it's it's obviously well, I don't know. I don't know for sure. I don't know how the UK works, but I would assume it's not nearly as extreme as maybe like blackface here, mm-hmm. but it's still got to be something like it's that it can't be like it can't be okay. To do that like <laughs> i mean here's the deal like it, unfortunately there's just not a large enough population of yugoslavian you know refugees to make enough of a stink to that for that to be you know considered something that that's just what it is right. like unfortunately but yeah it, it's not great um so that's unfortunate um, and then, you know, I like that they have Michelle Yu, um, and I, you know, I thought she was great in the film as Santa. Love her. Um, Love her. She was, and they made a reference to James Bond, even though it was the Sean Connery, James Bond. She was, yeah. in a, she was in a Bond movie. So I did not know that. Yeah. She was also the only redeeming quality to uh, Star Trek discovery for all the nerds out there, but yeah, she's solid. I like her. She's a, yeah. she's a great actress, and she was definitely solid in this. She was solid uh, motherly figure that obviously she needed. Yeah, uh, another motherly figure that she needed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and, you know, like, kudos to her. Uh, as far as other performances, like, let's let's talk the positives, because there aren't many. <laughs> I think that the leads were both acted well 
and they had great chemistry and the parts that and if you know with a better story it would have been much more affecting and awesome to watch 100 percent agreed i i love their chemistry the like build up to it 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 seemed very organic it was very it actually wasn't like ro- watching a rom-com as much it wasn't like uh completely scripted feeling it felt natural between them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that was that's tough to achieve so the fact that they were able to do that i think is definitely kudos to both of their acting skills i mean i loved amelia clark's acting in this movie i thought like you said it was one of the redeemable parts one of the few mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. i agree um you know and one thing i will say for the plot is that it does i mean not extremely well for obvious reasons because it's not a good plot or a good script but the i felt like they played the burnout idea for kate uh pretty well and Mm -hmm. the whole you know getting out of your own rut and everything else like that and you know the fact that she you know has a heart transplant and everything else and all these expectations and it basically made her freeze you know that's something that like being crushed by the expectations of parents is definitely something that people have dealt with yeah Um, that's a that is a, a theme that makes sense and her reaction to said theme made sense um and then her getting out of the rut and everything else you know that's all well and good you know all well and good good solid message about you know taking control of your own life and picking yourself up when you can yes absolutely and Uh, you know the, the family the family dynamic too was good like showing that she can make peace with it and accept it as part of her life without it taking over and ruining her life as it was starting the movie. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's, uh, there's a lot of universal themes in this that are, that go beyond obviously just the rom-com plot line that I, I think are, are very good messages. They just kind of get jumbled mm-hmm. and they get lost in the fucking continuum of purgatory where the ghost mm-hmm. is from. Um, uh- so <laughs> are there any other positives that you want to discuss before we move further into you know um, talking about the film? Let's see. Um I mean she kissed a ghost, that's cool. Like I mean not all of us can brag about that. Mila Clark's eyebrows always super reactive. Always Telling us exactly how to feel. Yeah, uh, I'm, if, I'm grasping at straws here. That's it. I That's mean, all I if got. you're not gonna take if you're not gonna take this seriously, then why? You could have just said now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's move into the. Uh, let's just get, let's just call them the negatives. Um, one reality. The story. Uh, just it's so it's oh okay this movie was exhausting this movie was exhausting to watch and that's something i said in the live tweet 
and that I kept saying over the microphone as we were watching it together that I was just exhausted. I couldn't formulate sentences of how much I was not liking the film just because it was all, it was evident from the beginning that there's something I, I, I don't want to say sinister, but there's something that they're not saying. There's obviously some sort of mystery behind everything that's going right, on. Right. And so it's just like, okay, when's the other shoe going to drop? Um, and, you know, and it's, and, it, and it's like that because, and then all the secrecy surrounding the film, like they don't want to give away the secret. They don't want to give away the secret. Like with the whole, like when talking about the film, people who have seen the film, don't want to give away the secret. Don't want to give away the secret, yada, yada, blah, blah. So it's just like the whole time you're watching the film, just like, what the fuck's the secret? And then, you know, I guessed pretty early involved death. Um, mm-hmm. Like when they got into the garden, it was just like, okay, there's obviously some sort of death thing. I thought they were all dead. And like, this was just her fever dream leading into, or, like, she was on better. like, she was on like an operating table and she was dying. And this was like her, you know, life. Oh, that would have been so her. much better. Um, and like, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but it ends, and then of course it ends up that you know it's her thoughts slash uh like is it a fever dream is it a thought is it like what exactly would you call it of her just imagining the guy who gave her the heart that helps her live and survive now and she's dealing with guilt like survivor's guilt for having this heart and that person being dead. I mean, I I get the whole like kind of, you know, metaphysical approach they're trying to take with a romantic storyline. Like, you know, that they're, that they're bonded at a a much deeper level on a much deeper level, but it's just like, it's not a rom-com. It's not a romance it's not a it's not a real romantic story. He doesn't exist. He's a ghost. So you're trying to convince me that this whole beautiful setup is just to find out that he's a ghost and it's like, okay, now the whole thing just seems so like what's the point? Why did I sit yeah. through that? Yes. Cuz to watch and... her get her shit back together? Like Yes to to listen to a fucking tribute to george michael like for fuck's sake why did every goddamn song have to be george michael because the movie was based off of last christmas which the song which here here's the thing they keep they said it's based off of the song they've provided the they provided fucking film credit to the estate of George Michael. He literally the- gives her his heart. We get it. God. That's the thing. That's the thing that pisses me off the most. Coming back to Emma Thompson. Excuse me a moment. <laughs> <laughs> I have to cough out. This, like get all the, the rage, bad energy. Get the rage yeah. out. So. Literally. A story that was. That was writ- co-written by. Emma Thompson and her husband. They're probably having tea in their quaint UK home. Well, probably closer to a mansion because she's been in a shit ton of successful films. So she's probably got buku pounds. It's a chateau. 
you know, a nice chateau, a quaint chateau out in the fucking country of the UK. They're having a spot of tea. They're putting up decorations and they hear Wham's Last Christmas come on and they both reminisce of all the great memories that the song has brought because, you know, since they're older, they probably had a lot of memories with the song since it came out. They remember it in the prime of their lives. And as the older people, they're trying like, man, love this song. And they probably decide as artists to just like, dive deeper into the song and talk about it on another level. And then one of them goes, what if we light up this joint and find a deeper meaning to the song? Not even they're probably like, cause but it, it's a, it is a high thought without being high. Totally. And they're pro they're just like, what if and hear me out? What if it was actually literal? <laughs> Sip of tea. Hmm. You know, that might be a movie idea. You know, what if it was actually literal that he actually gave his heart to someone? This isn't a rom-com. of an idea. And it's just like, and they really fucking ran with that. They they developed it. They fucking wrote the story. They got someone to help write it into a script. And then they turned that shit into a goddamn film that took twenty-five to thirty million dollars to make. They actually ran with the shit idea of someone just probably saying, What if those lyrics were literal? I'm pretty sure it goes even simpler than that. They probably were walking through Macy's or whatever the fuck they have in the UK. And they overheard a conversation with a mother and a little kid. And the little kid is like overhearing last Christmas playing on the loudspeakers saying, mommy, doesn't he die if he gives her his heart? And that's where they fucking got the idea from a little goddamn kid. That's what level this fucking idea is. Well, no you, have your thought. Kids. You, you have your thought. I have mine. I think mine's better. Anyway. I know it isn't. I'm just fucking with you. Um, so, so, yeah. And then, and then they turn it into, so they bring in this like ghost storyline. And, yeah. Why? <laughs> just why? Well, why is there. I get if you want to make this movie, you can make it the exact same way, but don't pitch it as a rom-com. Like this isn't yeah. some like there's no romantic real plot. Like the only hint at romance we actually get, like real tangible romance is actually between Michelle Yeoh's character and the German dude. Yeah. That comes into her shop. That's literally the only real romance in the whole fucking movie. This other romance you keep hinting at, first of all, is with a fucking ghost. So already mm-hmm. doesn't count. Second of all, it doesn't even actually accumulate and turn into anything. It, it They have, what, two kisses? And then she finds out he's not even in existence. Yeah. Th- and, well, uh, you know, but... Like, but she, is like feel, a but she can movie feel him, but she can feel him because she has, you know, where can she feel him? And the scar, the one that he has to touch, which is much less creepy now that he doesn't exist. It's much more. less. It's, I think it's, it's more creepy. You got finger fucked in your scar by a ghost. That's creepy as fuck. That's see that. And that what, 
by saying finger fucked, you're insinuating insertion, and there's no insertion. He's a ghost. There could have been. We don't know. We saw it. There wasn't. <laughs> we... <laughs> like, there wasn't. <laughs> we, we watched. We watched. Like, yeah. Um, oh, God. <laughs> why, why is that your first instinctual, like, can I touch it? Like, yes, I don't get that. And that's something that also is just cliche in film in general, is just everyone's always like, oh, can I touch it? Like whenever someone shows a scar or anything, or like sometimes there's not even consent like asked for or given. It just fucking like someone just decides to tenderly touch it. And then that leads to some sort of like make out and whatever else. But it's just like someone's like shows a scar and then someone just tenderly rubs it. It's just like, what the fuck is this? Like, like no one said you yeah. could touch that. <laughs> like, why are you? I get that that's like a, a bonding experience. Like you're, you're, you know, you're literally and figuratively letting this person closer to you. Yeah. And like, I, I get that, but you lead up to it, man. You don't just go straight into, can I fucking touch it? Like that's. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Especially when the scars between two boobs, like, yeah. yeah. I mean, great. I'm glad that he asked for consent. There's that. Kudos to you, Ghost Tom. But yeah, still, just uh, I, yeah, yeah. That's weird. Yeah, weird. it's weird. Yeah. Um, fun fun fact that I just found out. Uh, going back to George Michael might help explain why this was a tribute to George Michael. He actually died on Christmas. Huh. I did not know that. He died uh, Christmas same... Day, 2016. Well. So, there you have it. You know. Take that as you will. <laughs> I mean, like, that's cool. If you, Again, if you want to make a George Michael tribute, and like... That also probably... Get, that probably explains where the the concept came from. Yeah, because I'm yeah. sure like because in the UK, like uh, George, I remember George Michael dying on Christmas. Now that you've said that, that that's familiar to me. And I'm sure there were tributes on like the radios and everything else like that. And Emma Thompson and her husband probably heard one of those tributes and talked about George Michael and how great of an artist he was. And I'm sure they were playing last Christmas because he died on Christmas and then that's where they came up with that whole contrived idea of what if a heart was real, you know? They should have named what was what was the character's name, the guy, Tom. They should have named him George. <laughs> just go full board. With just him. go like, just go big or go home. Come on. Yeah, or well, Michael, you got options. Come on. I mean, yeah, because Tom died on or on the six, 2016. And we don't yeah. know. If, we don't know if he died on Christmas Day or not. Oh yeah. Well, it is last Christmas. They're implying that. Yes. Oh shit. Oh my god. And that what's he got George, George Mike- Michael's heart? And what's George Michael's real name? I know he has a different name. Uh, let me see. Ooh, it's. Is he? He's English. He was. Holy he was. Shit. He was uh, Greek. 
I was going to say, I was going to say, he's got to be, this has got to be great. Yeah. Giorgios. Giorgios, Kyriakos, Pania, two. Okay. So yeah. Pan, Pan, Tom yeah. Webster. Tom Webster isn't close to that. Okay, no, so no, I no. mean, then it would have been fantastic if the fucking if they had named him like Michael George. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you know, uh, or, or like he was like, my name's Tom Webster, but I go by my middle name, George. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Like, but everybody calls me Michael. Yeah, everyone calls me George. You know, George Michael, if, they, if you insist. Uh, <laughs> so that just adds another layer of who gives a fuck to this film. Uh, it's just like, that's the thing about this whole film. It's just like, you know, it, it it's like someone boiled an egg and then like they tapped it on the table and said, you see, it didn't break. Ta-da! It's just like, no shit. Like, you didn't do anything spectacular. Let's make a movie about it. Break. Yeah, it's just absolutely ludicrous that they made this film and thought it was something worthwhile. <laughs> just in general. Just like, yeah, that they that they had like reinvented the fucking wheel or something. It just it's not. It's no, just no. Oh god! How does he get into his apartment? He's a ghost. He lets her in. He doesn't get her into anything. She gets into all of this. No, he has to unlock his apartment. No, she. He's never there. Like they showed all the scenes. Of the ghost not being there at all, so this is all her doing. So yeah, but she I, finds I, a way. To I watched work. this time around, and you can see him unlock the door. I don't care if it's metaphorical or not. And you're telling me that he's never actually there; it's just her doing all this. How the fuck does she have a key? How does she let herself in? Does she break in? Does she bust down the door? She broke in. No shit. Like she broke in. How does she know where to fucking go? Who who knows that that was ever actually Tom's place? <laughs> well, the, the guy says it was sold by a Webster guy, so we assume that it's his place. Yeah, they never said like who the name of the person who died was, and yeah. like, and also like she keeps saying Tom, but no one ever responds with like, uh, "Oh, I know who Tom is." Like she's made up this story based on this name because of her survivor's guilt to having a heart transplant, like having a heart in her now. Oh, so you're, you're running with the idea that this all could be like a therapeutic mechanism for her. Yes. She has created this whole entire scenario in her head. As far as Henry Golding being the corporeal form of this heart that she's got of Tom Webster being his name because she saw his fucking name on a goddamn bench when she's probably contemplating why me why mm. did, am i the one to survive she sees the dates on there and so she just assumes okay same time i got the heart probably you know similar or whatever the hell and she sees look up so she's constantly looking up because she's thinking uh, like she's associated this name and this bench to the heart that she got she's all and so 
And so wherever she decides to go, whatever she decides to break into and everything else, just adding to the story of this person who never actually exists. It's just the story she's attached to the heart that she received in a transplant. And it helps her become a better person. So if she is truly imagining this person, then really she should give herself credit because it's herself that got her through it. Yeah, she she finally gets through it, but she has to like hit rock bottom and and be like guided out of it by a an a non-existent being. Well, at least she was actually able to get out of it. That's that's usually the <laughs> There's got to be something to the whole looking up thing, too. There's got to be like a deeper symbolism behind that that they were trying to go for. I mean, beyond maybe just the, the obvious symbology or symbolism of like, you know, look up and appreciate the world around you or like look at things you don't normally see or appreciate, that kind of thing. While, you know, enjoy being alive, like she says at the end. Again, good, subtle, overarching theme and messages, but like, I mean, they fall flat with a shit storyline. Yeah. The, the whole thought process, I guess, would be that, you know, is she there for when he gets run over and b- when he's on the bike? Is she the one that runs him over? Oh, no, she's <laughs> she's dying. Never mind. Yeah, he was run over by a bus. Uh, but she like, is she is she there when he gets run over? And so that's why she has a look up. So, like, it, it, it can't be. Like they can't, it can't be like, so just the, I, yeah, I don't know why they put look up in the, in the script. I, I that one, maybe, maybe because if he had looked up, uh, he wouldn't have died. Well, that's what, like, that's what's associated to the memory quote unquote of him being run over. My guess is that she was told how this person passed. But she wasn't like given a bunch of information about him. Which, or... like, either way, like, even if you do somehow spin this into a legitimate rom com, it's still dark as fuck. Like, do we really need to have like, are we at such a perilous point in our timeline that we need to start making like love stories involving ghosts now? Because it's just gotten that desperate. Like, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, we're talking about everything else other than the romance of this film. Yeah, yeah. Like. And, you know, and it's because the whole entire time we knew something was going on like it. Which, again, there I do appreciate the multiple layers to it and the other, you know, the other things that are discussion worthy, I guess, about it, the societal things, the, you know, the the emotional things, the the hints at depression and picking yourself up and all that stuff. But like, this is a rom-com first and foremost. Right. And when you don't have that, when that just doesn't stick the landing at all, then all of that other stuff doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And it's not really kind of, it's not going to make an impact on its audience when I don't know. I guess I guess it was a mixed bag of people who did like it, so I guess I can't sit here and pretend that people hated it, but 
You well, should. The, pe- and the people who like it are saying it's just like it's a, you know, like a oh a, a sugary sweet movie, and you know, like kind of like schmaltzy and all, all this other sort of shit. It's like, where are you getting that from? <laughs> like, I, th- I think I, the best I, one was the one that said it was a Hallmark movie. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, it, it's just like it's surface level. Uh, it makes no fucking sense, and. Uh, the 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 romantic storyline is convoluted at best. Yeah. I like 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 can we just have like just two people falling in love? Let's just give us that shit. Love is complicated as it as it is already. Why do we need to introduce like paranormal into it? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get into the kiss of the film. Um Oh, don't sound too excited, dude. You're ruining my buzz. The kiss of the film is when they're in the apartment and on the bed and he kisses her. It's not real, though. It's a ghost kiss. I give it a a D. And the only reason I give it a D instead of an F is because the two leads are attractive. There you go. I actually, I actually liked the kiss. I thought it was when I first watched it before I had any hint that there was anything weird going on. I mean, I obviously had a hint because of the Google questions I saw, but mm-hmm. I, I thought it was sweet and very like a good lead up to it and everything. And like, it was very real the way she like was being kind of cute about it and like asking, you know, if I sing, will you kiss me? Good night. That kind of thing. Like it's, it was sweet. Um, and the kiss itself was great. But because it doesn't really happen, I'm going to give it a grade that isn't a real grade. It's a pass. It's not a pass or, it, you know, it's, it's, it's not a fail. It's a pass. I'd really give it like a, I'd give it like a B. It's a solid kiss. I like it. It's just, it's the only like ro- real romantic moment of the whole damn movie. I just figured figured it out. What? So the reason why she gets into the apartment, she jokes with the realtor about how you know the squatter the squatter thing. Mm-hmm. So she's been homeless because she doesn't want to go to her parents' place, and there's been nights where she had to like, you know, figure out where she was sleeping and everything else like that. So within that whole I'm assuming year because she received her heart, let's say Christmas 2016, for example, um, you know, when George Michael passed away. Um, and so here it is around Christmas time, 2017. So within that whole year, she's probably figured out ways of having, getting a night's sleep without like, like for free around the city. And that one of them is through apartment listings and everything else like that. So that just happened to be the apartment she was squatting at. And she just associated it with Tom Webster along with everything else that she had associated with him. That just seems like so much work. Like, why doesn't she just go to her parents? Like, because she doesn't like her mom because her mom has instituted all these absolute like expectations upon her. And and it's and it's tiring when your parents ex- are judgmental 
to a point where they expect you to do everything perfect. And if you don't do everything perfect, you just get nothing but judgmental eyes. They don't say it. They just let it linger in the air and it's suffocating. Well, that might be the most positive message of the movie is by the end of it. Although they don't actually show how she does it, but by the end of it, supposedly she has come to terms with that. And no Brexit solves everything. Oh, right. Because yeah, because there's a there's a larger evil, so everyone just ignores everything and fo- fights the larger evil of Brexit. I mean, let's get to the verdict of the film. I kill it. Fuck this movie. <laughs> I'm fucking pissed. This is dumb. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. This was the worst. And my sister Monica liked this film. She saw it last night. And she said she loved it. She's also a huge George Michael fan. She graduated from high school around the time that George Michael's Freedom was the shit, or like, or whatever that album is called. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But nonetheless, I'm I'm going to call her very soon, and I'm going to get her. Um, this was horrible. Uh, I hated it. Uh, I skipped over what happens after ever after. Um, if this movie had any sense. What happens after her after is that the uh, the guy at the soup kitchen who volunteers uh, and Kate end up getting together. Um, oh, you mean so what happens after ever after is the actual rom-com? The actual rom-com, yes. Oh, okay. Um, cool. you know, I'd be but, down to watch that one. Yeah, like that would be a fun rom-com to watch. Uh, of course, the only romance within the film they ignore for this ghost storyline. So cool. Um, (laughs) Anyway, what about you, Max? What's your, I'd kill it. I'd kill it. This is an obvious one. Yeah. We're not spending any more time with this film because the holidays have a lot more great films. Like even holiday deserves more of our time than this. Oh, totally. Totally. Um, Holiday was much better than this. Like it is at least funny. Um, and it had and a fucking romantic storyline. Although, although I will, I forgot about the positives. What other positive? The two police officers, female police officers, they were funny. They were. Um, they were the the comedic true. relief that I wish actually was a little more present throughout the movie. Because agreed, agreed. Um, and uh, yeah, and then next week we'll be doing one of my favorite Christmas rom coms. So it's looking up. Um, <laughs> but nonetheless, um, <laughs> you can find our socials, uh, the show's Instagram. You can find that at Bromancing the Stone Podcast, all one word together, Bromancing the Stone Podcast. You can find our Twitter where I live tweet uh, these films as we watch them uh, at Bro the Stone Pod. So B R O T H E S T O N E P O D. Uh, and then uh, for myself, my Twitter is at Supermarket Sweep without the E in super. So S-U-P-R Market Sweep. Uh, and um, you can find my Instagram at Relusa88. That's R-E-L-U-S-A-8. And then Max. On Instagram, you can find me at the Lionhearted, T-H-E period L-Y-O-N-H-E-A-R-T-E-D. And on Twitter, you can find me at the Lionhearted with an underscore. T-H-E underscore L-Y-O-N-H-E-A-R-T-E-D. Boom shakalaka. And, and actually, now that you brought up Holiday from last week, that reminded me of an article that I came across after we recorded from the Chicago Arts and Culture Reader that actually w- goes into 
like an analysis of why so many rom-coms are being recorded in Chicago now. Or at least set in Chicago, but even if they're not filmed there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are, so they were, they actually said that there, there's a tax incentive to film in Illinois. Ah, nice. So that explains for the movies that have actually been filmed here. Um, And that, that might explain a lot of the new TV series that keep getting like hosted by Chicago. Um, but then it went into like all this other cool stuff about uh, like just Chicago's vibe in terms of a Midwestern city versus like the stereotypical yardstick of New York for rom-coms, which I thought was really cool. And I, I definitely recommend people check out themselves. I won't go into it here, but I just thought that was cool. I love seeing that our city is like turning into the rom-com capital of the 21st century. I'll take it. That's cool. I dig that. I do too. It'd be nice if we could actually go out and, you know, enjoy it now, but. (laughs) Uh, But yeah. So as I mentioned next week, we will be doing uh, one of my favorite Christmas rom-coms, The Holiday, starring Kate Winslet, Cameron Diaz, uh, Jude Law, and Jack Black. It is fantastic. I'm excited. I've I only seen, seen that movie once, and I think I saw it when it first came out. And that's it. <laughs> so I don't well, remember much. It'll be interesting. It'll be a good time. You'll see. So um, <laughs> until then, for the tens and tens of listeners, we love you and we thank you. Uh, we're cutting this off early because this film doesn't deserve any more of our thoughts. <laughs> so enjoy the rest of your day and we will catch you next week. Love you guys. Stay warm. Stay safe. Thank you.